welcome back to the CCO Follow podcast. Travis and I are really excited because we're going to be introducing the new topic for this month, which is parenting. And with us today are the Austins, Chad and Crystal, and and we're super excited to to dive into parenting and just the challenges and how do we parent our kids in the faith, um, all of that stuff. We're gonna be we're gonna be talking about things like playtime, education, um, just retaining the faith, uh, and how technology is affecting parenting compared to even just 10 years ago. Um, so we're really excited um, and just kind of throwing it out there, get started. Travis, why don't you talk to me a little bit about why is parenting the focus of this month? Well, you know, obviously parenting is involved in so much of what uh, a lot of our body does. I mean, a lot of us are parents, yeah. uh, but even those of us who aren't parents, um, we see in the Bible this communal aspect of parenting. And so even when you don't have kids, it is still your part of the responsibility of being part of this community um, to be supportive of those who are parents, to be supportive of those who are growing up. Um, I know personally, I've uh, been so blessed by those who uh, were involved in my life, in my mm. uh, you know fundamental years, and then later high school years, and even young adulthood, yeah. um, where my, my parents couldn't do that alone. And so, yeah. um, you know, in one ways, this is specifically for parents. In other ways, um, this really is for the whole church because this is um, this is a, a communal activity. The parents obviously bear the the sole responsibility um, for uh, for their kids. Um, you know, to a certain extent, obviously they have choices, but then we, as a church family, um, just like any family, you know, we, we ought to be all desiring and, uh, the best for the children in our community. Yeah. Yeah. So Chad and Crystal, um, you guys are parents. Why don't you tell us about your family and you know, how long you've had kids and all that stuff. Or how old they are, I guess. Yeah, how long have you kids? We have two daughters. Emma is 17 and Isabel is 10. Okay, 17. Wow, yeah. 17 years, parents. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's, I just, I'm curious, this isn't in any of our notes, but what has it been like? What was it like when you had Emma mm-hmm. and then... What made you guys decide that you, you know... What was so great about yeah. it, you had a second one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's it been like to be a parent? It's it, It's been challenging for sure. Um, yeah. You know, go, going into it, you know, as a kid, I, I kind of always wanted to be a dad. And um, when, when we first had Emma, it was... Um, it, it was definitely kind of shocking because, you know, the thought of raising kids and the thought of... Um, of, of you know, hanging out with kids, you hang out with nieces and nephews, you hang out with, you know, f- your friend's kids, and it's easy because you can move them back. And now, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, we've got this little one that we're solely responsible for. And so it was kind of a, kind of a shock to me, uh, you know, being, being a new dad and thinking, oh, this is going to be easy, and then wasn't necessarily so easy. Yeah. 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 Well, and we didn't have the community either, not until Emma was like mm-hmm. two. Yeah. And so we find, we finally found a church in Las Vegas that we really connected with, and it was a small Calvary Chapel, and so they just loved on us and poured into us, and that mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. Which away from family, right? At that yeah, time? We were, yeah, yeah, we were, we were away, from, away family. from family. We saw them maybe once a year, and because yeah. it was a tourist destination, yeah. it was also they were here for vacation and uh, to see us. And I yeah. always thought like they were here to see us, and then I was disappointed when we didn't get to see them as oh. much. And then later I realized they were on vacation, yeah, we and then just they just got stop. to see us yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that can be hard, but that that yeah. I think emphasizes <clears throat> even more. That role, especially in, in, I mean, we're talking about parenting in 2023. I yep. mean, when one of the, the factors 
pictures wasn't even our layout is I think oftentimes missed is that how many families are raising kids away from family. You know, yeah, that was yeah. um, the first four years of um, our son's life was away from family. And, um, you know, we are so thankful for the the church families we had where we had essentially stand in grandparents. Yeah. And uh, our, our parents actually told those people in Florida, like, thank you for essentially being the, you know, the stand in grandparents, the adoptive grandparents. And, um, you know, having these this multi-generational community that we have inside the church um it's just so valuable, yeah. especially yeah, in today's day is. and age where there's so many families uh, that for one reason or another are raising kids away from their biological family. Mm-hmm. Like the church was always important, always necessary. We see that throughout scripture, but, um, but all the more so when you don't even have a built-in nearby family. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of just talking a little bit about that, the, the differences in just, you know, nowadays we are so separated and, and, but Nowadays, there's also a plethora of different things. I mean, I'm not a parent myself yet, and so this is really cool for me to learn from you guys. Uh, but I'm curious, at least when I was a kid, and I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but when I was a kid, my parents, um, they just let me just run outside in the neighborhood, do all that stuff. Uh, I was lucky enough that I got to live next to my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so all summer long, I, I maybe was in my home just to sleep, and then the rest I was yeah. just yeah. out doing stuff. Yeah. Nowadays, I feel like with with people living more in the cities and all this different kind of stuff happening, what's it like? How do we like? What's playtime like when you have like a young kid? Especially for you, Travis, you, you're at that age right now. What is? How do we parent well and give that freedom, but also? keep them safe and protected uh you you start putting air tags on them we recently did that (laughs) (laughs) um no i mean we we recently uh our oldest just turned eight and we had a birthday party and it was so cool having um the kids who were over just kind of explore the forest behind our house because um to be honest that happens less and less yeah Uh, Yeah, not just for our own kids but so many families i talk to um it's just hard to to give them a certain amount of uh, safe freedom because it, it is so different. Yeah. Um, I, I remember uh, years ago thinking that um, the, the last standing thing in our community that actually kept people physically together was schools because that's the one of the few things that's you know determined by where you live nowadays. But even that is getting stretched further and further. Yeah. You have um, you know online school options, you have private school options, all this kind of stuff. And that's, this isn't a commentary on whether that's good or bad, but just the reality that um, you may never meet your neighbor actually. Like yeah. even if they have kids the same age, you may never meet them because they may go to a different school where that was never the case before. You know, yeah. before it was you usually worked close to where you lived, you grocery shop close to where you lived, you did all these things, and now we've we've ex- we've kind of spread out to where even your neighbors you may actually legitimately never have an interaction with them, even if you have kids the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just I think that's it's kind of a result of all those things where we yeah. no longer have those kind of safe go play outside or the, you know, natural communal aspects when raising kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. and, and kind of compared to you guys, you know, going from Las Vegas to Washington, there's that seven year gap between your kids. What, what was it like for you? Could you tell there was a difference in how, you know, young Emma was compared to now? I think, I think a lot of it is nowadays I feel like we have to advocate for our kids for mm-hmm. that playtime yeah. before even even in Emma's case when she was younger she had kids that lived around us that she could kind of interact with mm-hmm. and now with so much technology and so much kind of indoor activity um, 
we actually have to go out and, you know, interact with the parents and say, hey, let's get together. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, the kids want to play and kind of kind of yeah. do that for them. Yeah. yeah. I like that word advocate because it's not yeah. so much that like we're we're trying to do different things than before, but you actually have like proactively like fight for it. Yeah. It's not yeah. naturally going to serendipitously happen. Like you mm-hmm. have to actually be like, before it was just like, well, the kids got the thing they needed. It's almost like, you know, nutrients nowadays, like with food, where it's like, you know, you read all this stuff about our food, not having as much nutrients. It's like, you actually have to be proactive to make sure they're getting a balanced diet. Where before it was like, you just, you just ate what yeah, was on the shelves of the store. Yeah. You just yeah. eat a meal where now it's yeah. like, oh, what actually macros? Oh, you're not getting enough protein. Oh, you're getting too much sugar. Oh, you have to read labels. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to do that before. My goodness. You just, yeah. Yeah. I haven't even thought of that. Jeez. It's, um, but like similarly, it was just, you're having to advocate for what is a, a good balanced life? Cause if you just simply let them do whatever, like, like used to for most of human history, it, it's no longer balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we talked, you know, last month about upside down kingdom. And I think there's a difference between, I, I really do believe that, um, Christians who are, you know, pursuing Christ, I think there's a different, like you, you use the word av- advocate. I feel like, a lot of the world right now is expectant on other things to help kind of, I guess, parent the kids. Yeah, like, they see a problem, but they diagnose it wrong. They yeah. apply a solution wrong. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, it's for us, especially, you know, I'm just learning from everybody that I'm around. Um, cause like I said, I'm not a parent. Um, I, I hope to be someday and I'm just kind of learning and I'm identifying that I, you know, it's, it's really not the case where, you know, I can't just rely on my school anymore to teach my, my kid what I should be also parenting and teaching in them. And that's not mm-hmm. to say, you know, let's, let's, or we're only going to homeschool mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, that's not to say that at all, but mm-hmm. how, like talking about education, mm-hmm. how did, how did you guys have your kids educated and how do you also educate as a parent in mm-hmm. this world that we live in right now with so many different things that really are being missed by mm-hmm. the education system. Mm-hmm. Well, we Emma started homeschool for kindergarten and first grade, <clears throat> and then I got pregnant with Isabel in first grade, and that was really hard on the both of us. Emma was more kind of the student; she just wanted me to tell her the answers, and mm-hmm. I was like, "No, you got to figure it out, you know, for yourself." And I, I mean, I would help her; I would give her resources, but she still kind of just thought, "Like, oh, mommy's just going to tell me the answers." And yeah, like, no. So then second grade, um, she wanted to go to actual public school and I thought that would be a good idea for her too. And so, so she went in and then she was in till 10th grade. Isabel, she wanted to go to school and, um, so she went, started kindergarten and then first and then halfway through first and there was COVID. So then we, um, so then we were just doing the online school. She really didn't like the online. She hated being on the camera. She Mm -hmm. hated having to, um, read the sentences and do different things on camera and it created this like perfectionism in her like oh i got it wrong i missed up i gotta re-record this whole thing yeah and then they just gave them so much work and then at first it was just like oh well this is just you know there's a whole bunch of different things they can choose from just whatever and then towards the end of the year it's like they have to get these packets done. we get a huge packet every single month and it was just overwhelming for her and for me too and i was like yeah you know, I, I remember homeschooling Emma. We didn't have this much work, and yeah. um, I didn't like how they taught her to read because sometimes it was just memorization. Yeah. And then she wasn't actually really reading a word. She was just guessing of what she thinks uh, the word might be. Yeah. yeah. And then so she wanted to homeschool. So I think like kind of halfway through, we just kind of ditched the um, 
the school stuff during yeah. the COVID time. And I started homeschooling her. And then she wanted to be homeschooled again because she didn't want to go to school with having a mask, which I didn't blame her. Emma was kind yeah. of apprehensive, but she wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we've just been homeschooling Isabel ever since. And yeah. then Emma, they were trying to cram so much, especially into sophomore year, trying to catch them up. It was way too much and she wasn't really learning anything and then she'd reach out to the teachers like hey like i need help on this and they never would help her they would never take oh. that time and stuff and i remember emailing yeah. the teachers and it was just kind of so then we were like oh mm. well maybe you should try homeschool yourself and then that way you can pick out the classes and things that you're interested in that you want to learn about and yeah. so then that's what we did yeah so there was like a, a there's been a big difference compared to when emma was in school because she made it all the way you said till yeah 10th grade yeah yeah. It, it's which it's, even that was only hijacked because of extreme circumstances. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if that wasn't, she probably would have been. In. And Isabel, I don't know. She could probably go either yeah. way because I feel like she's thriving way better yeah. in um in homeschool than she did in the actual classroom setting. Yeah. yeah, which that is a really big thing is that all the kids are different. Yeah, like that's that is yeah. such a common story of you know needing different things. Yeah. Um, one thing I, w- I was thinking about as you were talking about you know just. Um, you know, they weren't teaching certain ways you liked or stuff like that. I think in general, like the word advocate came to my mind again. I think that does really just kind of summarize what it's like to parent in this day and age mm-hmm. because yeah. um, there was a, a time period where uh, the public school um, and, and private school, just the school system in general, any school you chose, um, any type of schooling you chose um, would teach kids kids very practical things and you know not getting into you know different agenda things or whatever just like practical things like the amount of kids who don't know how to budget don't know how to um Mm. don't even understand the voting process don't know how to do taxes don't know how to do you know just a lot of like normal adult things used to be just completely baked in don't have any kind of home ec skills don't kind of have any kind of uh maintenance general idea skills um where now you you have to advocate you have to and not in the sense of you know picketing schools but in the sense of like what do I need? I'm the parent. I need to make sure my kid grows up knowing, yeah, knowing this thing or that thing. Um, you just have to be more proactive, just yeah. like it seems yeah. like most of things. It, it really is because you know my sister and I. Uh, I have a sister, and she's four years older than me, and and um, and it's not that much, you know, span of time. But even with her, you know, she was able to to take a home ec class in high school, and then when I was in high school, I. They didn't have that. It wasn't an option. And and it was one of those things where my parents, they just kind of, not that they didn't advocate for me, but they felt like they didn't need to because, oh, oh, your sister took it. So like, you should know how to do this. And there's a lot of stuff that I just didn't get until much later. There's a lot of presumed knowledge with the education system because for such a long standing time, it taught certain things and now it doesn't. And so people, I mean, it's the classic, like, you know, millennials don't know how to do this, don't know how to do that. Well, ask their parents, did they ever teach them? (laughs) Or was it ever, and not just teach them, did they ever give them the opportunity to learn? Because I've seen that with, with it's very easy with parenting just be like, I'm just, just going to do tell. it myself. Yeah. yeah, or just do it myself because yeah. it's easier than than, te- than going through the grinding yeah. of teaching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but you have to. Um, you have a really, um, you know, uh, a philosophy on education in general that I, I personally really like. Do you want to just share a little bit about your philosophy of lifelong learning and stuff? Oh, yeah. So um, one of the things I, I try to instill in my kids definitely, but just in, in general for everybody is um, having a having a desire to learn 
and always try to better yourself. You can always be better at something. And if Mm -hmm. you take that mindset in life, whether it's, you know, uh, something you want to do professionally or you want to, you know, it's a hobby or or, or even the Bible, you can always be better at something. Mm -hmm. And if you continuously try to educate yourself and, and, and know more and just Mm -hmm. kind of gain that knowledge and you can instill that in your kids, then if you don't necessarily teach them how to cook, when it's time for them to learn, they're not just going to learn, you know, read the back of a box and make something, but they're actually going to put some effort into learning the proper way of of doing, you know, certain things so that they can, you know, they can, you know, benefit them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, a big transition with, you know, where we are today, technology wise and everything being in the information age, you know, it's amazing how many people, um, kind of ignore the fact that they can learn anything at any given time, you know, yeah. and, and not, not learn it in the sense of like, you're suddenly a master at it. But you know, the amount of times I have conversations with people, it's like, well, I don't know this or I don't know how to do that or I don't know this. And it's like, you realize you're one Google search away. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I think instilling that type of mentality in your kids, um, is far better than, than anything else you do as far as education is concerned, just getting yeah. them to this place where they, they realize the resources they have and that it's not out of their reach. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I, I love that you said that because that's something that I learned in, you know, in my youth, realizing that it's less about what I know and it's more about how can I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's having like, the ability to learn. Yeah. Having yeah. the ability yeah. to learn and like wanting to learn it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a tennis coach for high school kids and, and, you know, we talk about, you know, in our packet that we send out before they start each year and, and in the packet, there's this, you know, paragraph basically talking about we expect you know you to be coachable Mm -hmm. we use the word coachable and basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and basically that means um that those like we want our students to come with the expectation that they have stuff to learn something and with the with the desire to learn that and to listen to the coaches and to and so I, i kind of attribute that with you know when i was going through high school um, I had a really great teacher, uh, Miss Young. You had a really great tennis coach, and I had a great tennis coach, <laughs> uh, Tom Alonji. But was he uh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's and awesome. so he's my PE coach. Nice. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, yeah. Like middle we're learning. school, like a little bit in middle school, he was like a sub. And he's then old, isn't school. he? We should have an episode <laughs> yeah. about. We should have an episode about Tom. You're old, man. You're not that old. Tom. We should have an episode about him just going through his life and history. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't even know. Maybe we wouldn't even know. That'd be fun. Um, anyways, yeah, I had, I had a really good teacher, Miss Young, in high school, and she taught me the value of critical thinking. Yeah. And and what what that actually does is, you know, you might not ace the test because it's a memorization test Mm -hmm. but you can know the content and you can know how you can get learn those skills and 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 learn Mm -hmm. those things and so i think that's really key and then travis you mentioned you know you're one google search away yeah Yeah. okay or DuckDuckGo. but let me let me (laughs) let me pose this to you one google search away but what's right on google (laughs) with technology now we have access to all this knowledge and information but What's right and what's wrong? How do you discern that? Well, and I think that's one of the, the skills that you have to teach them is not just this open willingness to learn anything, but this, um, you know, this critical thinking uh, skill set 
Um, you know, just like how you back in the day, you had to be taught how to go through a dictionary. You had to be taught how to go through an encyclopedia. Um, same thing. We're, you have to be taught how to distinguish truth from lies. Mm. And, you know, uh, uh, we didn't prepare for this, but uh, I'm trying to remember what exactly it is. But I have basically three criteria that I encourage people in. It's uh, like, what's their character? Um, the person telling you this, what's their potential motive? Like, do they have some kind of incentive to lie to you? Um, you know, you, you see yeah. this, especially in health and wellness. Like yeah. all you have to oh, do yeah. is you see, you know, Oh, the study came out with this. Oh, who paid for the study? Yeah. <laughs> like, do they have incentive <laughs> for it to be skewed? Um, uh, I'm blanking on the third one, but essentially being, uh, learning how to have a critical eye and in information yeah. and, um, being able not, not to be critical, but to think critically. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, being willing to to learn that there might be uh, something to be learned from uh, from something that you even disagree with or has it, you know, you and I were talking a while ago, it's, it's actually insane. There was a, a study done just, uh, I want to say it was a year ago, where um, they had people do some basic math, like, you know, like multiplication, some oh, division, yeah. and just like, oh yeah, like, you know, uh, these numbers plus these numbers, these numbers, just to, to get test their baseline, make sure yeah. they were capable of doing some of this basic math. But then they would tie the math to story problems specifically regarding political views that they agreed with and political views they didn't. And whether or not the stats were correct, they were just seeing, okay, can they still do this math? And mm -hmm. majority of people could not do the math when it promoted an, uh, a political ideology they didn't like. And oh, wow. like they, they literally like, oh, I can't do this math problem. Like not like refusing to, but incapable of. Yeah. Um, and you know, being able to uh, be more open than that, being willing to uh, think critically in any circumstance is I think a skill just like any other. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah. We, we as parents need to, to teach our kids. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's something I try to, to teach both my girls as well is, um, you know, everyone's allowed to have an opinion, mm -hmm. but when challenged, you need to be able to defend that opinion. You yeah. need to be able to explain yeah. to me why you think that this is right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, not just taking people's word for things, but actually doing the research, understanding mm -hmm. yeah. different points of view so that you can come to a conclusion. And then when somebody, you know, challenges that yeah. you're, you're able to defend it and not just kind of, you know, say, Oh, I don't know. And kind of, Go yeah. off. Yeah. And, you know, like logical fallacies and things like that are good foundation stepping stones for thinking critically because you can start seeing contradictions in people's logic. Um, you're more likely to catch, you know, when someone has negative incentive or things like that. Um, a really great book is uh, Mama Bear Apologetics, um, which has a terrible title if you're a guy <laughs> because even throughout the book, it's, it's, it's clearly written for moms. Um, but I think any parent honestly should read that. Uh, Mama Bear Apologetics is a great book kind of walks through a lot of those uh it walks through um specific issues but more importantly it walks through how to think uh think critically about stuff um another one uh, we had sean mcdowell this last uh fall um a year ago um speaking and, and he's written some books on this topic um there's this one i read recently called so the next generation will know um that one's really good as far as mm -hmm. um just how do, how do we pass on our faith um mm -hmm. in a way where they accept they uh, they learn that our faith is not just like this blind faith, but they learn that it's like one you can think critically about. And he talks about how to think critically and stuff like that. Uh, but he has some other books about um, logic and thinking critically and stuff like that. And I think that's that's just a skill set that kind of goes hand in hand with education. You can't yeah. learn if you um, if you just digest lies. You have to be able to learn how to discern. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely think you know technology isn't isn't all. It's not all bad. There's there's it's value all terrible. to it. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And, and I think to myself, because what we're talking about is this idea that we like it, we're trying to teach and instill this critical thinking in our children and, and even in ourselves. But I, I, I don't think that was necessarily a hundred percent of the case, you know, even just 15 years ago, there wasn't that sense that you needed to, because like you were talking about the dictionary, mm-hmm. well, I just trust Webster's definitions are the definitions and you know you, there's so many things like that back then where it's like you just trust you know you learn the knowledge it was it it was this more memorization of the knowledge whether that was true or not you know i guess we're seeing now but now it's like because of this influx of all this information mm-hmm. now we have to and i think that's actually a good thing mm-hmm. because now it's 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 not to say i'm not saying it's good to distrust everything yeah yeah but it's good to have those skills to critically think and to develop the you know that passionate answer of like why what why do you answer this way you know you have if if there's if there's no reason for it then what you know that's that's not the right way to go about it mm-hmm. that you know if you have this knowledge about everything you're gonna go deep and figure out what you believe and why you believe it mm-hmm. um and and so that kind of makes me think about the one thing that i don't think we can trust anyone with with some rain there very few people we can trust with you know teaching our kids and parenting them in the faith mm-hmm. and so yeah. what has that been like I, i'm curious to know for you guys what has it been like to to help parent your children in w- what it means to know and love Jesus? It's kind of an on-the-spot yeah. question. Do yeah. they know and yeah. love Jesus? No. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it, at least from, from, from my side, you know, I, I grew up sort of in the church, but um, I wasn't involved in church, especially during, like, my teenage years mm-hmm. uh, very heavily. But what was instilled to me early on was the the faith and keeping that faith and going through kind of not being associated with it for for a period of my time but knowing that you know i was you know like i, I didn't lose belief it wasn't mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna turn away from god completely it was more uh eh, just kind of boring i'm gonna do something else yeah. just a back seat not yeah. like a yeah 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 and so going through that myself it, I think it helps me understand what, you know, okay, what are some of the things that, that could have been better in my life? Mm-hmm. And then taking that and kind of applying it to, um, you know, what we're equipping our children with, um, you know, things like veggie tales starting out. I mean, I know hmm. it's, you know, just a, just a silly thing, but I learned quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd been going to church from three years old to, you know, and in, into my teenage years and watching veggie tales it like educated me on parts of the Bible I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm sure I went through it in Sunday school, it was just, it was a different format, easy to digest. Yeah. And so, you know, giving that to our kids initially, you know, help, you know, build up their knowledge totally. in, in ways that, that I, you know, I didn't have. I'm mm-hmm. sure you didn't have either. No, I have veggie tales. Well, well <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but did you have veggie tales when you were eight? Not or, when I was eight more. I think when they came out in 93, Sure. So we were what, thirteen? You're gonna age yourself. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even That's know. Okay. Well, just showing. I started, you were three at ninety-five. I, I was sort of kind of like Chad. Like I went, we went. I went to church early on, and then my parents stopped going. Um, probably when I was eight or nine, mm. I think. And then, um, 
And then I met my best friend in sixth grade, and then she brought me to Calvary. Oh. And then when we were at the Capitol High School, and then um, her and her mom were serving doing the toddlers. So then I just joined in. So then I got involved serving that way. So that's why I knew about Veggie Tales because mm-hmm. we did the toddlers. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then I went. So I was in uh, church for my high school years, which I'm very thankful for. And then um, growing up, kind of moved away. I didn't really find the right church for me because I just compared. And mm. going back, I wish I wouldn't have realized yeah. that every church is different. Pastors are going to teach different. People are going to be different. And yeah. so I didn't really have a church home till I think till Emma was two. Mm. Yeah. We finally, we finally found a place where like this is home. We feel God is calling us to be here. Yeah. And then right away we got plugged in and everything like that. And so. Mm. Yeah, so I would just, yeah. Like, and I always had the faith, but yeah, like it was kind of just put on the back burner. Like I know what, what we should do and stuff. And then, um, yeah. Hmm. So what So what has it been like? You, you mentioned VeggieTales. And I'll just throw this out there. I know I mentioned this before on the podcast, but Bible Man. If you're, if, <laughs> if you man. have a, a if, you're, if you're a parent right now and you're, you know, you have a kid from two to 18, 22. Bible Man is the best. I would, I would still watch <laughs> Bible Man. Um, if I could find it, I think it's on YouTube a little I'm bit. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But I, I will say, for me, like you're, you know, you mentioning VeggieTales is a good thing. I think it's, I think it's totally like if you are vetting something. I don't know how you feel about this, but if you, if you vet something and you're like, okay, this has got good information, you know, this is good for my child. I think those kind of mediums, those formats, like for me, Bible Man, you know, these this. Basically, he's this hero. He's like a superhero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, I love that. And I just, and it, it really is like a lot of things still stick with me because it's just that like nostalgic memory, but it, it puts in place like another perspective of truth. So my parents, you know, would talk about it and I'd learn it in Sunday school. But when Bible man talked about it, it's like, okay, I can trust that. <laughs> and, and so that's just how kids are. And that's, at least yeah. that's how I was. So, so Travis, what about, what about you? You have, you have a couple young kids. Mm-hmm. Well, a few now. Um, what's, what do you guys do? How do you guys help instill the faith in your, in your children? Yeah, I mean, um, we haven't really watched much VeggieTales, but uh, they actually did a little podcast. They only did one season, then they stopped, unfortunately. But it was the oh, Bob and Larry. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, a podcast? Know, right? from it? Yeah. Well, Jeez. they had a new yeah. show, too, and it wasn't as they did. good. It was not on good. TV. Oh, no, it yeah. wasn't good at all. <laughs> and, the, and the Netflix version, not very good either. Like most Netflix versions. Yeah, so um, like all the old school, we like all the old school VeggieTales. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. put that disclaimer out there. Um, I mean, there are a bunch of... Uh, things like that i mean nowadays there's yeah. um there's there's whole like playlists on spotify that's just going through bible stories there's ones that just like uh turn scripture into, into songs and things like that so th- there's a lot of good um content out there to instill biblical truths yeah um you know one of the things that that we've always tried to do and and we have to be a little more proactive i think than the average person given just my role as a pastor and and our role of always being so heavily involved in the churches we've been in um is uh, i'll never forget in in the book the so next generation will know uh by sean mcdowell he uh at the end of each chapter he has a little mini interview um uh with a parent and hmm. one of them, he had this uh, interview with this parent whose uh, kid walked away from the faith after they graduated. And um, uh, the parent, while reflecting on it with him, said uh, this line that I'll never forget. He said that I raised my kids in church, but not in Jesus. Um, and um, obviously that's, 
to a certain extent, uh, semantics, like obviously if they're in Jesus, they're also part of the church and things like that. Um, but one of the things we, we try to be uh, extra careful about is that, um, our kids don't really become kids of the church or kids who, uh, just attend all the church things, um, or, you know, PKs, but, um, but that they have their own relationship with Jesus and that Jesus yeah. is first, that yeah. it's not, um, you know, uh, that they attend church. It's not that they stay before and after. It's not that they go to all the stuff, but it's, um, or that all their friends are from church. We don't want that, but, um, you know, that they have a relationship with Jesus. That's always first. Um, thankfully there are a lot of resources like veggie tales, like different, uh, songs and stuff like that. Um, but we found like that's, that's kind of thing that we're most, uh, concerned and thinking about, you know, if they, if they, find Jesus, um, you know, then they will be part of the church, but you can be part of the church and never find Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. so that's always yeah. kind of on our minds. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. how do you, uh, I mean, we might not come to a specific answer on this, but what's, uh, cause I, I hear what you're saying and I totally agree with it. I think I was talking with, uh, pastor John about this like a year ago, but we, there was a book written a while ago now, but it basically talked about how you know, you don't actually lose, like, you, you know, your kids don't lose the faith in college. They lose it, like, they, or yeah. they, it, it's, that's not a result of college. It's a result of, like, what's happening when yeah. they're young. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and it's, it's interesting because I think it's very easy, at least for me in my busy life, to just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as a, as a parent, like, if I think of myself as a parent, I think it would be easy for me to go through the motions like, oh, my kids are going to Sunday yeah. school, they're going to youth group, yeah. everything's all good. But what you're saying is the reality is if they don't know kind of like how to critically think, if they don't yeah. really like know who Jesus is in a way that there's a relationship with them, then when they get old enough where their faith is tested, they can see God's faithfulness mm-hmm. come through. Yeah, And I think like how, how do we like – what how do you do that what's what are some things that we do to to instill that um well i think it's um i don't know i just keep thinking about how you said the word advocate which i just (laughs) thought was so good is just you know um it's being willing to slow down and not just Mm. you know it's just like when you're when you're teaching um a kid you know how to maintenance the car how to do something around the house you don't just start doing it and say well if they if they just watch hard enough because a they're not gonna watch hard enough but also that's not how you learned you know you you was it was broken down for you and then you were given the experience of trying it and then failing and then being corrected and trying and you know if um like let's just say you have like this old friend who uh you know i have a best friend from middle school and high school and i get to see him about once a year and you know my kids don't know him (laughs) but if i expected them to suddenly just be best friends with him that'd be weird interesting yeah Um, Yeah. but you know breaking it down and saying oh this is you know mr jonathan you know these are things that he likes and then letting them interact with him and then saying oh do you know mr jonathan really likes this how about let's do this and see how you know he responds or like let's do this thing together um, I think it's really similar to introducing kids to Jesus. You know, it's, it's yeah. not yeah. like, it's not like you can just have a relationship with Jesus and just hope that they eventually do. Yeah, and that, ex- that can happen yeah. I mean, by the grace of God that, you know, but, um, but how much more where you have your relationship with Jesus, but then you offer your kids to enter in and be like, Oh, you know, this yeah. is what it's like for me to follow Jesus and me to interact with Jesus. And for me to, you know, have, um, you know, you just break down the whole 
yeah. process. You it's, know, not, it's, it's not A plus B equals C. It's 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 really opening up your relationship and sharing. Yeah, that. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's also important to remind your kids to pray when they're going through things because mm-hmm. I know Walking them through those steps. Yeah, because yeah. I know in my life, like I kind of had a, a rough childhood and teenage years and whatnot, and at one point. God was what I had. Mm-hmm. And so it was that or nothing. And mm-hmm. so I leaned on that heavily and I prayed. And I was never taught to have a relationship with Jesus. It happened organically because yeah. at some point in my life, that's what I had. Mm-hmm. And so reminding, kind of taking that sort of concept and reminding your kids like, hey, you're going through this, pray. Mm-hmm. And it might, you know, you, you might go, oh, what is that going to do? It's not going to fix the fix my bike. It's broken. But over time, they'll start trusting that God's going to come through in different yeah. ways. Yeah, and that they're building a relationship all along the way. Yeah, that even if God, you know, never once, you know, quote unquote, comes through, never once uh, fixes the problem, um, learning the importance of that relationship with our Creator, that um, you know He's the one who sustains us through those problems, and He's the one who desires to walk through all of life's problems with us and, and not neglecting the fact that we have this opportunity to walk alongside God and have him in our lives. Yeah. So Travis mentioned something at the very beginning where, um, this, you know, we're going to be talking about parenting over this month. Uh, but it's not just for parents because it, you, you mentioned what's the phrase, like something like a village. Yeah. Takes like a, village. a church family takes a village. Yeah. yeah. So my question, uh, to you guys and, and even to you, Travis is, is how can like someone like me or someone who's not a parent, how can we help as being part of the, that family and part of the village? How can we help you guys parent? I think even just coming alongside, I remember um, since my family wasn't going to church when I was a teen, there were so many um, adults that were in the church that just poured into us, like serving in the um, the youth, the high school ministries. We had mm. some that were parents, some that weren't. And then a lot of my friends, um, some of my friends' moms, that they were Christians, and they kind of took me under their wing. Like I called my best friend's mom, like my second mom, and even called mm-hmm. Jenny Johnson my second mom because she poured into us. Um, yeah. And so that was just like, I just love those relationships that I had. And I learned and grown so much just by them, just the church pouring into us and not just leaving it up to my parents. Because if it was yeah. up to my parents, I wouldn't have had mm-hmm. that because it was just me going to church. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my family. And then I would bring it home. And like for some, my brother had a little a Bible, mm-hmm. my youngest brother. And so I would read to him every night and I would read to him the Bible and so, and so that's also why we have Isabel was, there was like that big gap because, um, yeah. my brother was living with us and then he had passed away and Emma was like, our family's not complete anymore. Cause before she thought, Oh, four people that makes a complete uh, yeah. family. And then she's like, our family isn't complete. And then, so I was like, well, I was like, you know, we can pray and ask God for, you know, for you to have a sibling. Cause we thought we were done. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we thought like we were just yeah. going to have the one he wanted 10 kids. I wanted five <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll at least do five. But because I grew, you know, there's a lot of families that had big families here. Yeah. So five wasn't too crazy. Yeah, Ten, I was like, pretty normal. Whoa, that's a yeah. lot. So I was like, okay, I'll say five. And then we just had the one. And then, um, and then we had Isabel. And then she's like, now our family is, you know, it's complete. Yeah. I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. That's a good answer. But yeah, so just, yeah. So just come alongside no matter what, you know, just invest in mm-hmm. the totally. kids, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because it's just God like working in me 
this past month and stuff. But I think about I've been Humble thinking. Brag. I've been thinking a lot about, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about um, just my role as when I serve. And I, I was helping out with a memorial service uh, just a few weeks ago. And God really was pushing on my heart. He's, he was saying, he was like, like yeah, you might not want to, to be here. You might not want to give up your time right now. But I have you here because like you have the opportunity to give this family mm-hmm. the best possible memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like, wow. I was like, yeah. And, that, and that's how it is. You know, when, when we serve, that's... That should be the motivation is like yeah. we're we get we have this opportunity to give what you know god has us here because we're giving something for somebody else and we're and it's that it's not a it's not like oh i'm doing this because it's the right thing to do it's like no i'm doing this because i want to you know put my efforts for somebody else and yeah. and i just you mentioning that like serving in the church like there's so many places even if you're serving you know whether it's the welcome team or even the counting team just whatever it is mm-hmm. you're actually doing it for somebody else and i just think there's so much value if we as you know non-parents are going up to mm-hmm. you know if even if you know your your children are, are coming around me and they're hanging around me it's like i have a, a responsibility then to say you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna come alongside them and you know i'm gonna interact with them in, in whatever way is, is mm-hmm. best for that situation, but it's because I'm trying to give up what I can offer that mm-hmm. maybe the parents can at that moment, you know, yeah. whether that's, you know, being in high school and, and giving a little word about my life and that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really, it's really cool to see that. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We have a, we have a full month of talking about specific age groups, but just generally thinking about how people can be supportive of both parents and, and, kids just in the idea of being in 2023 um i think the best thing you can do for parents is simply be encouraging you know yeah. um, we didn't even get to in this episode maybe you have an after dark episode about technology but like <laughs> um but you know parents are struggling for the first time ever with um with technology addiction with mm, elementary yeah. school students they're dealing with for the first time ever just skyrocketing rates of adhd and depression and body image issues that um are, are unsurpassed in history and dealing with so many questions, you know, um, being the, the youth pastor here for a couple of years, the amount of parents who are simply just like, I don't even have a clue of what to do. My kid seems addicted to video games. I have no clue what to do. Um, they seem just apathetic towards everything. I've no, like, and just, just so many unknowns and parenting was, has always been hard. That's just reality. I've, I've yeah. always said that, yeah. you know, marriage is easy. Parenting's hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and obviously life can be hard. Marriage can be hard, but, raising kids is so much harder than any other aspect of life in my opinion and um, the amount of encouragement parents need in um and just knowing they're not absolute failures and just knowing that like this is hard this will pass yeah. in that yeah you know um you know j- just be encouraging because i've also met people who are just so disparaging of parents and it's just mm-hmm. like you have no idea how hard it is for them right now yeah. and um you know they're they're dealing with with not only rapid changes but unprecedented changes in their kids in the society around them um we should not be in an age where people are tearing down because of your decisions regarding education or vaccination or other things um because it's just it's not it's not helpful (laughs) there's there's so much uh just uh anger being thrown around by parents and to parents um, just about raising their kids. And I think in this day and age, we need to be encouraging. Yeah. Um, 
especially because it's just, it's just a hard thing and there's so many unknowns and as far as kids i mean similarly um we were talking about like education i think just coming alongside like you were saying but even coming alongside in practical ways like um you know i didn't grow up learning anything about car maintenance anything about home maintenance nothing mm. and um so i'm trying to figure out everything now but the amount of people who have come alongside of us and not just uh taught me but also was willing to like teach my kids a little bit and have them have an interaction of um, them learning as well as you know daddy learning and like um you know being willing to to you know take take kids aside and um you know obviously with parent permission but like you know to <laughs> to be willing to, to step in not only in a um you know, grandfatherly role, like we were talking about when you don't have family around, but even like a skill set role is like, oh, you know, I know how to do this. Why don't, you know, come over. Totally. The amount of stories yeah. I've heard in the past of kids learning entirely different skill sets than their parents had and it was interests that they had um, that their parents really couldn't help with. They could, you know, maybe finance it or maybe be like, yeah, we want to be encouraging, but we don't have a clue. You know, it's been so cool when parents have come to me and been like, my kid wants to learn an instrument. They're interested in this, but I don't have a clue. Like, what, what do I do? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, just being able to be like, oh, buy this, have them learn on YouTube from this, this person. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, going to someone else who has a skill set and coming around this, this next generation because um, skill sets are becoming more and more, uh, uh, most people aren't generalists. Yep. And so usually yeah. if your kid has a different interest than you, you usually have zero information about that thing. Yeah. yeah. And so even just coming along kids and, and parents this day and age and just, uh, in that aspect of things, I think is really yeah. valuable. So, so parenting, summarizing it up, summarizing it up it, it's a community thing. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like, it really it, does. It, it takes it, a village. Yeah. It takes a village. It's a community thing. I am so thankful for you guys coming on and being willing to talk a little bit about your parenting and your, your stories. And, and Travis, I really appreciate what, what you said. Um, it really isn't. I think that's really important. It's like, let's not judge one another's parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to do, but, yeah. but, there's so many things going on. Let's let's see what we can do to help. And and I really appreciate you saying that. So um, thank you everyone for listening and joining us. Um, this is something that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks. Um, like Travis was saying, we have some we have a plan to kind of break it up through the ages, and uh, I, I, we're going to have a couple more guests on. I think it's going to be really exciting. So we're uh, really excited to to get going with that. So thank you again for um, watching and viewing and. And please um, comment, you know, let us know what, what you think about this. Um, please don't hurt my feelings, but let us know what you think <laughs> about it. And, um, and honestly, keep having this conversation. Totally. You know, uh, one of the reasons I was so excited to have the Austins on, we're excited about some of the, the people we have on the rest of this month, is um, we actually uh, had a conversation about parenting, the Austins and I, just after our worship practice one night for like three or four hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and a lot of people we've had on, um, I've personally talked to partially because my role with, with uh uh, high school for a while and also uh, just the fact I am a parent um, you know p- parents tend to talk um, but these are such good conversations to be having you know um, and so I encourage you don't just listen to this but you know talk about it talk about these kind of issues talk about raising your kids with other people in the body and let's all grow in this together yeah so uh, thanks guys for coming on thank you for listening and watching and uh, we'll see you next time so God bless God bless